Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anate Podcast, Season 6, Episode 3. I'm your usual host, Proton Storm, and today I am joined by Wright Zeno. Hey, oh. Dill. Number one Pecorine player in Princess Connect. <laughs> and I think Gugsy's here, too, right, Gugsy? Uh, debatable. Debatable. Might, debatable at best. Yeah. Again, against our, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, all right, today we are going to chat about some uh, good old winter 2021 anime, but really briefly, right, we got to do our housekeeping, catch you guys up on some of the latest in Anate articles. Dill, take it away. Sure. We've actually been quite busy uh, between our podcasts. Our last podcast we did was right after our uh, our New Year's rush, so to speak. So wasn't really sure how that was going to end up shaping up, but uh, we actually have quite a few. We have our newcomer. With Takun 3000, did the uh, the Echi part three of his uh, full description of how that genre came to be, the origin story of everyone's favorite genre. Uh, some some people's favorite genre. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I can't uh, I can't I can't really throw stones from a, at a glass house because I watch Why the Hell Are You Here, Teacher? But mm-hmm. um, Doc Kev. <laughs> did a random Blu-ray review of Penguin Highway, and he had mentioned, uh, you know, he just kind of took a flyer on it and he watched it with one of his sons, and he said it was a really good time. And it was a very enjoyable read. Uh, we're going to get to it a little bit later. Uh, Pizza finished up our uh, Anate First Impressions articles with uh, the much divisive in the Anate circle, Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. But we're going to get to that every section in the rest of this this podcast, I'm sure. Um, our very own Proton Storm wrote a guide to Kono light novel, Ga Sugoi. Yay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, bud? Uh, I mean, I guess you guys know the... Um... Like Kono Light Novel Gasugoi is the yearly like rankings where they say the top ten Bunkobon and the top ten Tankobon. And that stuff always ends up getting like anime adaptations. And so it's kind of like you can sort of predict some of the biggest titles that will be really big in like two to three years by looking at that list sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um and so I thought, well, this is an interesting and very relevant thing for like the anime community, but a lot of there's not much information on it in English, so I thought it might be worthwhile to make a guide. Interesting. Thank then, you for that. Um, I'm always in a rough spot when I have to do introduce my own shit. <laughs> uh, I started the Dubs with Dill Digest. Uh, just kind of, I, there's some dubs that I I, I really liked, or I just kind of liked but I didn't want to write the full-fledged Dubs with Dill deep-dive experience. Uh, this time I covered three high-dive shows, The Demon Girl Next Door, Flip Flappers, and Bloom Into You. I, I think the biggest takeaway I had from all three of these was that um, Brittany Karbowski is very talented in Flip Flappers and that 
the demon girl next door, no matter how good this dub was, I know the internet's not going to give it a fair shake because of how uh, legendary the memes got when it originally right. aired, when it originally aired. Um, and you've also discovered that anime is a mistake, right? I mean, always. Yeah. Uh, and then the final article, I, of course, when he's not here to springboard this off of, sometimes I write an article and I'm like, the only human being on this entire planet who's going to enjoy this is Requiem. And I'm happy that Requiem enjoys my articles like these because he wrote feedback to me that he loved the Airbud one. So. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, Airbud. <laughs> does does Requiem qualify as a human being, though? Have we a- agreed on that yet? I don't think so. I don't know. The, 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 the biography of Airbud made me feel good. So <laughs> I, I wrote uh, in the vein of the uh, very oddly popular article that we had back on the original Annotate. I had written right after the NBA Finals about LeBron James building an NBA team of all anime characters beat the Golden State Warriors. Um, I wasn't sure when I had originally wrote this who was going to win the Super Bowl. I'm gra- glad I didn't say Kansas City because that would have been weird. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I ended up writing just about the Cleveland Browns uh, drafting players from different anime, and I went through every single position. So I filled up an entire football roster, which is a lot more than a basketball ro- roster. And I went off of fit and everything, and it was a really funny time. Uh, did you do the full two deep, or did you only do starting lineup? I did uh, backups for like the positions that were kind of known to get hurt a lot. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I also went off of, I mean, since you're bouncing this off of you, Gugs, and maybe the other three people, one of which is Requiem, who actually gives a shit about it. Um, I went off of kind of head coach Kevin Stefanski's system, so I did like two tight ends, uh, three wide receiver sets, that kind of stuff. This is, this is football nerdery, not known to Anate. <laughs> I, I, I love football. I'm a big football fan, guys. Uh, hand egg. Gugsy, how you feel? How you feel when we're discussing the linguistics of moon runes? That's how I feel right now when you guys are discussing football. All right. Well, how about I, this? Yeah. How about this? Rates, I am I'll, fluent in weeb. I'll have you know. Rates, I'll sure throw, you are. I'll throw this to you. Here's here's two things I think you'll laugh at. One, and thanks to uh, our buddy Ed for doing the thumbnail. I, I had a hypothetical where. Baker Mayfield throws the ball to Peckerine. Three defenders try to take Peckerine down, and she just keeps running, dragging them. Runs over to the sideline and just starts eating. Um, yeah. yeah, I can see the, that. And then the other one I put as the this guy named the Mike Linebacker, who's on defense. He's right in the middle. I just put Hercules from Fate there. He's just standing there. He can't use his superpowers, but he can just put up his hands and just block everything. Hmm. So, all right. So, um. I know that you guys are really into sports on the Anate podcast, uh, and that's why this entire episode is dedicated to a play-by-play breakdown of Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, the Super let's Bowl. Go. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no. Kansas City um, suffered a terrifying defeat, a terrible defeat. I guess it was terrifying too. Are they your? Uh, Kansas but we'll, City we'll be back. Yes. Uh, they, no, they were never my Kansas City Chiefs. It is, it is, well, okay. It is on the Missouri side, the stadium is, but um, it's, it's that, like the city's 
team. And so it's, I mean, everyone like they, everyone lays reasonable claim to the team. So it's kind of anyone who's on the yeah, Kansas or Missouri side. That's total bullshit. They it's, sucked the entire time I was growing up and everybody was crazy about them. And I could not for the life of me fathom why. And everyone's like, no, you got to cheer for them. I'm like, why they never do anything. I was gonna. I was gonna say I'd be curious if people were coming out of the woodworks now that they're good. Like, oh yeah, I've always been a fan. Yeah, I mean, they I are. Assume and they're people, I assume those. I assume those people exist, but I'm not tuned in enough to Kansas City's sporting culture right now to know. So, unfortunately, um, several of my family members are like that, and they are absolutely insufferable. How about this one, Proton? Did you get any of that wherever where you were at? Like somebody recognized, like that that knew that you were from Kansas. Like people um, try to talk to you about it? No, because pe- football is very much Americans only for the sure. most part. And so like the thing about like the Super Bowl is that like no one here knows what that is. So <laughs> it's much, much less like know or care about like the individual like football teams, you know? So no, it, has, it hasn't really come up. I did meet one guy one time. It was like this old Japanese guy. And he was like, ah, you're from Kansas. You're from Kansas City? And I was like, yeah, you know, Kansas City. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, do you know around like the Sprint campus? And I was like, oh, my God, I live five minutes from there. And apparently he had been there 30 years ago. But everyone else just thinks it's the place that Wizard of Oz happened in. So we really are making do on your promise to make this an all sports anime uh, podcast. Yes, but here, here is where I. This is where I draw the line, and we're moving on to something else now. Okay, (laughs) thank you, Gugsy. So that's been our. uh, If you want to, if you want to read up on all those great annotate articles, including Dill's football article, then you can check our blog out on Medium. And without further ado, I do want to talk. um, So I was thinking that we would actually talk about the latest anime that we are watching now before we jump into some general like anime slash like weebdom news sort of stuff uh and so there's a few shows that most if not all of us in this episode are watching and so we're gonna kind of do i don't want to say like a deep deep dive but like a longer form conversation about these shows so first up um first and definitely not least um is horimiya so i think this applies to you too, right, Zeno? But for me, per- like, so the manga has been going on for forever, mm-hmm. and I read, like, I, I haven't been keeping up with it because I know it's still going. But like, I read the manga for like what was available in the English release, like I think five years ago, maybe six years ago now. Like, it was a long time ago, uh, and it was pretty good. But I think the anime adaptation is excellent. Yes. I definitely agree with you there. Um, as far as I know, I'm current on the English translations. Um, it's pretty much exactly as good as it's always been. And yeah, this this adaptation of it is fantastic. I have no complaints about it. Yeah, I know you guys who read a lot of manga in the in the chat have been long, long time talking about this one as being a really good one. Mm-hmm. Like years. So, yeah, yeah, and it seemed like something that was never going to get an anime because the the prime time where it was sort of in the spotlight kind of came and went. But I guess you just never know these days. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was that, I don't want to say old, but... Yeah, it's it's been going on a long time, and it was popular a while back, and like we expected an anime then, and it never materialized, so we kind of gave up on it. So this was a big surprise, and a hmm. pleasant one. And yeah, I, I, and I imagine the sweet spot for something like that is like a year or two after it starts. 
With the, I think that, that usually usually it's a couple of years. A couple um, of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in this, so Hormio was kind of weird because it was originally like web, like not like web comics like we think like webtoons, but like an older form of like online manga, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, it got licensed, and they got a real illustrator to do it because there was yep. kind of like One Punch Man, where the original like writer slash illustrator was more of a writer and less of an illustrator. Yeah. Um, but then once they started releasing the actual like manga manga, that was in 2011 and it got licensed and started being released in English by Yen press in like, it was like 2014 or 2015. Like it was quite a while ago. Uh, and so that was the time where everyone thought it was probably going to get an anime. And frankly, I think that Yen press also thought it was going to get an anime, which is probably why they licensed it. But Everyone was wrong for whatever reason. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of behind the scenes where like the anime was going to happen, but then like shit went down and then it didn't happen. But then someone like resurrected the project a year or two ago. Uh, but we'll, ne- we'll probably never know. Um, but we're getting it now and it's a great adaptation. So that's nice. You know, honestly, I'm okay with it taking this long if it means we get this quality of it. By all means. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I've, I've long been been like... Like I really don't care for like, I guess it was spoilers. Like uh, romance anime that like they they end on the romance finally getting together. I I love when they when the romance they get together early and then they and then they kind of sort of explore what happens after that. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's really obnoxious when it's like a will they, they drag it out the whole yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. Will they? Won't they? Right, and it's never actually will they, won't they. You know, like that's how they frame it, but it's always like when will they in reality? Yeah. Right, right, right. And it's like, no, it's only only uh, you've got a couple more hours to go, and then it ends. And that's it. Enjoy. Yeah. So no, like, or- it's, it's yeah they yeah they they get together pretty quickly, and it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You know, I briefly mentioned this on the last pod, so for our listeners, I'm sorry for double dipping bring this up again but i love the pacing of the show yeah yeah it's it 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 doesn't feel like it's like i don't say wasting your time but like it it, it definitely respects and trusts you as a viewer like mm-hmm. that you're that you're going to be able to follow it uh it's not but it doesn't feel too fast either like it it, it right it, it it feels like it has that hit that sweet spot you know and it's funny because there's there's obviously time passing off camera they've made that obvious but they're also not they're not going too fast and they're not going to, too slow it's it's just really well done and even though the 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 story is progressing at a good clip um it's still very chill and relaxed in general as a mood right yeah we don't we don't need an episode of every time that they 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 accidentally make eye contact down the, the hallway, right? Mis- or a misunderstanding will, will set them <laughs> set them on a derail for two episodes or whatever. Uh, I, I no, there's <laughs> no this one. This one completely kicks that trope to the curb. When there's yeah. misunderstandings, they talk to each other and they find out what the hell happened. What a concept! Like oh, real relationships. I know, oh, right? No, Mind blowing. It's almost like the um the author of this manga has actually like Been is where is ha- yeah has romantic uh, knowledge before writing a, a series entirely about romance. I don't want to, but I'm I'm obviously making a joke here. I don't want to dis. I'm, I assume that the even the shitty romance manga are written by people who have maybe had romantic encounters of their own, but who knows? Um, uh, 
Uh, there's some tuning. that I seriously doubt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do think one of the big things that I do like with um, Horimiya, um, and I was excited as soon as I saw this, but um, Yokohama, uh, Yokoyama Masaru is the composer. He's the guy that did um, Your Lion April and Scum's Wish. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, speaking of music, uh, Horimiya is probably tied for best opening for me this season so yeah. far. Yeah, the opening is really good. It is really good. Ooh, I, I have a clear number one, but yeah, that's, and that's my personal taste. Well, it, well, it's not really my personal taste. It's just a weird one that I just weirdly like. What is it? The Wonder Egg one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't haven't seen seen the Wonder Egg one, yeah. Yeah. Proton, I would highly, highly recommend you watch Wonder Egg. Okay, when you when you told me, Gugsy, when you told me to watch it, I tried to, but it is not available on any services that I have. Like Oh, all right. Yeah, like at first I thought it might be on Amazon, but on Amazon it's not it's not available on Amazon like video here. Like they have it, but you have to pay for each episode. And I was like, fuck that. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I think I'm out of luck on that one for now. Proton, we could do a watch party, and you could just watch my screen. Yeah, we could. Maybe we do that then. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I, I would highly recommend you find a way. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I haven't but seen you know, it. That'd be cool. I, I, I demand that you pay me, Gugsy. I want. <laughs> I want ten dollars per episode. How much is that in yen? Like a, a, one yen. One yen? Uh, no, that would probably be like, I don't know, 900 yen or so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, conversion ratios, I'm sure. Yeah. That, that, that one, it's, it's, it's weirdly just like really quiet and like, but it kind of grows into this big, beautiful thing. Anyway, sorry, we were talking about Horimiya. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so Horimiya is good. Um, does anyone have anything that they wanted to add about this before we move on to the next one? Um, just real quick, that the side character romances are also starting to kick in, and I happen to really like those in this series as well. So I'm looking forward to that continuing. Oh, that's the okay. So I, I was trying to think of what it reminded me of, and I and uh, it finally came to me is, is it's it, it's as if Nozaki Kun, but they actually got together early, and then the the side characters like started working, to, like started to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ripped and- Nozaki. I know it's. Re- I also noticed it's like a really clean animation kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the the production value is surprisingly high for just a a normal romance thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. I, I I like. It's nice too to have like a a really good romance anime because unfortunately there that is not a guarantee every season. So yeah. But on the subject of romance, this is more of a rom-com. The next show that we want to talk about today is bottom-tier character Tomozaki-kun. Right, Zeno, you've been reading the light novels for this, correct? Yes. Yes, I have. You and Luigi. Mm -hmm. And we're both absolute fanatics for it. This This is one of the best series to come out in the last few years. It's really, really, really good. Um, it basically, like, takes Snafu and, like, immediately punch the edgelord in the face and tell him to nut up. (laughs) Yeah. And and then he does! (laughs) I, 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 I kind of had mixed feelings at the beginning. 
I don't know. I just doesn't. I just wasn't really buying it. But I feel like it's growing and it's and it's 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 getting more. It's getting more realistic to me. At, at first, well, I was I kind of felt like, oh gosh, is this going to mm-hmm. be another kind of uh, wish fulfillment? Sort of like uh, we're going to grow this niece into an actual human being. And the first two episodes didn't really give me a whole lot of confidence, but it's but it's been, it's naturally kind of grown him out of of this, which I can, mm-hmm. I'm starting to appreciate a little more. Yeah, I and- think the progression the progression is good, right? It's not like, and I, I would hope it would not be like this because that would be a disaster. It's not like there's like one moment where he's suddenly like overlord popular guy, um, like no. he's just kind of like slowly getting better, which is great. Yeah, I do think like. Um, I, so first off, I know that some people are kind like just aren't really like huge fans of the protagonist, which uh, I I kind of get. I don't really I'm not I don't really share that opinion. I feel like it's fine. Um, I guess like the thing that for me like I really like it, uh, and I think it's good. But the thing for me that's like not like it develops over time, and I think that it's it's well done, but it's not like crazy original is is the concept where she's like treat life like it's a video game and i think that the reason it it works yes because the audience is otaku right like it's a light novel Mm -hmm. for like the otaku audience and so it's kind of like it's 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 talking about real life in a way right it's talking about real life in a way that resonates with the target audience. Right. So I think that it's doing what it sets out to do. But I'm also like, okay, come on, real life's not a video game. You know, there's a certain there's definitely a high level of optimism in the series. Yeah, yeah there like, is. But honestly, I'm I'm glad for that. We need more series that start off with somebody that absolutely hates everything and actually becomes optimistic about it. It's it's happening way too often that somebody is pessimistic about life and gets proven right over and over and over. And that's not that's the true. message we want to send. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Like, on the contrary, like I, I saw that like, Oh, the life is like a big video game. And I've started giving me just big giant red flags. Like, Oh God. Oh no. Right. What and, is this about to yeah. do? And most of the time when, when a, when a series goes down a road like that and they, they launch into heavy metaphor, it's really stupid and shitty and it's really hackneyed and stuff. But exactly. this one really works. They, they, they break it down in such a way that it actually makes sense. And it's not just that it makes sense to the viewer, but that it, it actually makes sense to the character. And he is applying those lessons in a way that makes sense for how he's been living up to now. Right. Right. So and that's, that's, that's what makes it, that's what makes it, uh, yeah. It's like very believable. What, right. Yeah. That's why so, I'm starting to grow into liking it a lot more. But there's also, um, that, that rant he did in uh, like a couple of episodes ago it was first of all it was a rant comparable to like the only good thing about that one uh Eno battle anime oh yeah oh yeah that way back when yeah. literally the highlight of the whole show was that episode and it was downhill from there but his rant on that i've been that kid i've been the 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 one completely singled out that has just hit the end of his rope and can't take what they're saying anymore and just right. Lays into them, screaming my lungs out until I literally can't talk anymore about things they just don't give a shit about. Sure. They're completely not listening. It's going in one ear and out the other. They're just letting him talk because they have no clue what to do with this kid. So that's a great point you just made right there because I was just going to say, 
for a lot of people when they they have social anxieties and then this isn't like a one size fits all kind of thing but one of the mm-hmm. most common ways to help work with social anxieties is to conceptualize it as something that the person's passionate about mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't get like a lot of people who are like haha video game cringe with this one um they're not really understanding that like she's kind of just trying to put it into a term that it was something that he can understand now granted you know she has that like interest with him and that's kind of right. where where she gets so good at like the the metaphors mm-hmm. and stuff like that but what i'm getting at is you know for it to stick with him the way that it, it has been it has to be something that he can he can wrap his head around and mm-hmm. It, 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 yes, it doesn't always work like that. I get that. And this is an anime, but if it were hundred percent, how it actually is with social anxiety treatment, I know everybody right. wants everything to be a hundred percent realistic all the time, but it wouldn't be entertaining, you know? Right. No, screw that. I, I watch right. anime to get away from this world. It sucks. Right. Um, but, but with that said, it's interesting it's, you say that she's working with this lesson that the world is a, is a good place. And I know because we've heard people say this, that they think like, oh, he, she's forcing, forcing that ideology on him. But, but in his own words, he kind of says that he, you know, he wants it. He wants that because he doesn't feel like he belongs. Right. He, he would love it. He, he really was looking for an excuse to, to, to start trying. He right. was. And he, got he didn't <laughs> realize it yet at the time, but he was. And, her th- really, the, the biggest point of suspension of disbelief isn't that any of these techniques are working or that he's actually making friends or even that he's actually listening to her in the first place. The, the, most, the single most unrealistic thing is that a boy and a girl in the same class in high school are the top Smash players in all of Japan. Right. That's <laughs> yeah. that's my big sticking point. And like if you can get past that, which there's any number of excuses you could use to get past that. Even if they were both, you know, in the the top 100,000 and like he was number 100,000 and she was un- number 100,001. Sure. That would still work. Right. And like, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go no, ahead. no, no. I was going <laughs> to dovetail to a different point. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh you know, with that you're considering about that as the biggest suspension of disbelief, probably wouldn't be unfair to say a lot of the people with their criticisms just couldn't get past that on the first episode. And then they already had that mentality either continuing on or just when they dropped it, you know? And that's just kind of how anime goes. Which is dumb because, like, as as far as suspension of disbelief goes, that's barely a blip on the radar compared to some of the shit that's going on in Slice of Life stuff these days. I mean, nobody in there is, you know, a a 12-year-old super genius with three PhDs that's skipped grades into high school despite being, like, three foot tall. (laughs) What I was going to say is it's one minor thing that I I do like about the show that has to to, – that kind of is involved about the video game is that uh, another kind of, like, red flag that I was kind of having watching the premiere was like, oh, no, are they going to, like, talk about this? this like video game only in the first episode as just like the premise and then never talk about it again. And it's just, Oh, we're just, we're setting it up, but they, they, but they, they go back to it and they show that he's, he's playing the game. They're practicing. He, and it, it comes back to like, he's learning life through things in the video game. So it's, it's not, it's not like they just completely ignore it for the sake of, okay, let's start the story this way. Right. Right. But also at the same time, they're not focusing so much on the video game that they lose track of the the plot. It's a really, 
really nice balance of the two. Yeah. And part of it is just that they're actually going on with plot stuff while he's playing the game. They're not bothering to show the screen. He's got the controller in his hand. He's obviously playing. They're doing stuff on that end. But at the same time, he's on the phone with somebody or he's one-on-one with somebody that's also playing the game. The The game is a vehicle and it's, it's both right. not being ignored and not being focused on so much that it drowns out the rest of it. And that's a really difficult balance to hit. Yeah. And that's part of why Luigi and I have so much respect for this series is the balance of it in all things. It manages to balance a whole bunch of, of different aspects of a show that are really difficult to get right. Mm-hmm. And it hits them all. It hits all the notes. Nice. I yeah, it's one I'm the, uh, looking forward to keep going with. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm really disappointed. You know, we're, we talked about people dropping it, but I'm really disappointed to see its score be as low as it is. What's its score? When I checked it on Mal, it was like six point eight. So, it's a travesty. Yeah. A bunch of I mean, people probably just like downvoted it in the first episode and never watched it after that. Did, yeah, did they do the? Uh, did yes. they do the? the the Facebook, I, the, I'm in this photo. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like we should, we've long should have known that Mal scores should be taken with a grain of salt, since every single Magic High School Power Fantasy is like a seven or an eight. Yeah, I think something that's something, yeah, something that's hitting me with um, Tomozaki Kun. So first off, uh, I do, I do really like it. I think it's good. Um, but I'm reading at sort of the same time that this anime is airing, I've been reading the beginnings of like what may, I mean, we'll see, it may play out to be like the next Tomozaki-kun in a couple of years. It's like a new, a new rom-com series that's getting pretty big here right now. Uh, And it just started publishing about a year ago. And I think right now for me having, and I've only finished the first volume of this other one, Mm-hmm. But between the early stages of Tomozaki-kun and the early stages of this, I think that this new one in some ways is is resonating with me more than Tomozaki-kun. I, I don't necessarily think that it's better, right? Like, right. But there, it's like just more applicable to your situation. Yeah, they take a, they, it's a different sort of framework that they work with in this other one. Um, and because for me with Tomozaki-kun... I think that like the the video game concept, right? As as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right? It it caters to the crowd and the otaku crowd and gives them, you know, talks about how, you know, how to engage with, you know, real life in mm-hmm. terminology that resonates, right? Right. And I think this other series has a similar idea in that is talking to the otaku crowd and trying to, you know, in some ways be like, Hey, there's this new, you know, there are ways that you can engage with society that are Bennett, that would work better than just dismissing it outright. And it's, but this series is more like this new one. It's a little bit more aggressive about it. Like it's not using like game terminology. It's basically like through the lens of, a popular kid being the popular kid's the protagonist and the otaku kid that he's helping is not the protagonist. He's a side character. And basically like in this book, the the popular kid completely really strongly challenges 
the otaku kids. Oh, it's from the uh, other perspective. Yes, it's from the other perspective. And he challenges the otaku kids' like preconceived notions about what it means to be popular. Um, And basically, like what the what the argument is like at its like crux is that he says you have this idea of popular kids being shallow, of popular kids having like the easy way because they're good looking, et cetera, et cetera. And you're, and you make all of these assumptions about us and you get mad that we clearly just assume that you're like some like shut in loser. But it's funny because the reasons that you are frustrated with us are things that you are doing to us yourself by not actually understanding what it means to be a popular kid, right? Like, so he kind of goes like, and he, he there's like a dismantling of this guy's um, belief, right? Because he challenges it. He basically says, you haven't, tr-, just like Tomozaki-kun, he says, mm-hmm. you haven't really tried. And so you don't actually know, right? But Tomozaki-kun is kind of nicer about it because they kind of, they create like this video game framework and right. Aoi is very like friendly to him in many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. And this guy's friendly to the guy too, right? Like he kind of takes him under his wing and he's like helping him out. But it's more like aggressive because they're not using like a sort of, you know, like l- video game lingo sort of framework. They're saying like, right. we're going to talk they're, about they're this in actual societal terms. Viewpoint. Right, right. And and so it's it's harsher. Um, yeah, that sounds like it's going to be pretty con- controversial when, when it, yeah. it, it, it does it, come it, out. It will. It, it will be controversial because people are going to be very salty about it. But I think that – and the other thing is they're not going to like the protagonist because – He's a popular guy, and um, they re- they pl- they they play up that angle quite a bit in the book. And it's like it's one of those things where it's not like a it's he's he's like a very interesting character. So they really like um, he's like well developed, etc. But you know, much like with Tomozaki Kun and with every other like anime, people kind of they'll make like a, a an instant judgment on the protagonist in the first like two or three minutes. And then no matter what he does after that, it's just done. You know, like there's no, yeah. no amount of growth is going to change the minds of the people giving Tomozaki like a five on Mal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, There were a couple of other things about Tomozaki. I wanted to talk about. If I actually still got busy. time for it. I actually wanted to say like uh, Proton, you want to name drop that? So, so yeah. people yes. who are reading it can oh, yeah. check it it's, out. It's called Chitose Kun is in a Ramune bottle. Um, I mean, that's like that's like oh, the literal yeah. translation of um, the I Japanese actually, title. I remember reading that it had won one of the Light Novel Gosugoi Awards. Uh, it got first, a year it got first, Yeah, it got first place. Um, this it was this year, so the when the awards year? came okay. out in yeah. November. It got first place. Yeah, yeah. So it could um, very well be the the latest thing. We'll see though, because like mm-hmm. sometimes things get first place and then they immediately drop down to like thirtieth the next year. So we'll see if yeah. this stays up high. Um, it got the first volume. It actually was in the rankings the year before because the first volume came out like just in time to make it, and it got nineteenth place the first year. And then the second and third volumes came out, and it got first place. And the fourth volume's already out, so it's up for consideration again next year. So uh, we'll see what happens. But if it if right. it ranks highly again for a second year in a row, I think it will be safe to say that it will get an anime and probably mm-hmm. be pretty popular. If it really drops off and no one cares about it next year, then maybe it'll just fade into obscurity. But I think I think it's really well written. Um, and I do think that it is in the same vein as like my teen romantic comedy snafu, um, like Bunny Girl Senpai and Tomozaki-kun, and that it's like a very clever and interesting romantic comedy series and it's i i believe it will probably be the next in the line if that makes sense hell mm-hmm. yeah 
All right. Yeah, me sold. Yep. So yeah, uh, we that that got. I mean, it was, it was sort of tangential, but it does tie into Tomozaki Kun. Right. I do want to move on though. We've talked a lot about rom coms now. Let's talk about some good old I, isekai boys. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you have another point that you wanted to make about this? Yeah, I, there were there were a couple of things I wanted to mention just real quick. Um, okay. Tomozaki is the other serious contender for best opening this season for me. Um, oh, that, that was the other one for you. Yeah, it the the energy on it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention of it is that as far as copyright dodging goes, uh, Tomozaki Kun <laughs> is actually fairly interesting on that. That they're actually kind of clever. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how they got away with Foxy just being Fox with a Y when it's obviously the same character, but found is much more interesting in terms of like wordplay because it's this ninja guy, right? He's this blue ninja with a scarf and like Luigi didn't, didn't even notice until I pointed this out, but found is literally just a pun on chic because uh, in Japanese hide and hide and seek there, there's no C it's she. So it's hide and chic. So they went with found for the analog of it, and I just that tickled me. I remember when you told me that. I was I, is that I wait, away. is is that really where they got it from? Yeah, it's that that character is supposed to be chic. He plays identically. Okay, now you're definitely right about that. Okay, so chic. I guess like I didn't realize because like I don't think I've ever heard anyone say hide and seek like hide on the chic. Like because there's like I've, a different it's word. Very for it. very <laughs> rare. Yeah, it's kakurembo. But yeah. it's, it is rare, but I have heard people say it in English. So I, I I made that connection a while back here, and it's kind of amazing how many people are, are A, fans of Smash, and B, fans of Tomozaki-kun, and don't make the connection. Right. And it's, I mean, it's one of those mind-blown moments every time I bring it up. It's hilarious. Yeah. No, I right. had no idea either, so... Rates, you know the reason that they get away with it is because they're not running an emulated copy of it. And so we yeah, hit moving on the isekai the, the, oh, yeah, the, right the slash I, I'll say isekai slash isekai adjacent section of our latest watching shows. Uh, and so first off, there's the what's it called? Like so, I'm a spider. So what? The spider yep. isekai that everyone's mm-hmm. been waiting for. I'm waiting for the one where he gets reincarnated as a vending machine. Personally, I heard I've yeah, heard that good, is hilarious. I've, I've heard good things. I'm waiting for it's that to get great. an anime. <laughs> mm-hmm. That goes like that. That's the one where they like commit. You know, like they're going all in on that shit. Spider, mm-hmm. like I mean, before before we even talk about the show, like just the concept of getting reincarnated as a spider, it feels like gimmicky to me. It's like okay, they're reincarnated as like this anime. Right, um, v- vending machine is like that's all. Now you're really committing to the bit, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm all in on that. Yeah, idea. that's that's a completely different uh, level of dedication to the isekai gimmick genre. Yeah. Right. Um, the thing about the spider one, um, the beginning of it is very very slow. It's it's uh. going to take a while for it to really feel like it picks up traction. Um, they are doing a few interesting things with the anime here. Um, one of them is that they're interspersing the, the scenes of the classmates way more often than you actually got in the light novel or the manga version this early. There, there was no mention of what was going on with the classmates for a very, very long time in the original versions. And I think huh. that's actually a really good thing because, again, um, the, the spider stuff is actually kind of dry at first. Yeah. And 
they know it. They they make fun of it. They riff on it. And boy, did they ever pick the right person to be stuck monologuing to herself. Because yeah. Yuki Aoi is crazy. She is the best kind of lunatic. I love it. Yeah, but, I, I just watched the first episode today, and mm-hmm. I have to say that the um, I'm not into it. I'm not going to continue watching it, but it's definitely like the um, the the monologuing. It, I mean, it, car- it carries like the most of like the spider yeah. parts of the first episode because what's actually mm-hmm. happening is quite boring. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I was saying. But um, she's basically she's- dungeon grinding. For yeah. like the, the yeah. for all the episodes that we've seen so far is just basically just grinding. Yep. Which because I mean because she's weak. Yeah. There's there's nothing she can do about that. She's gotta work her way up. And I get it, but like they could have skipped a bunch of that. They could have montaged a bunch of this stuff. I yeah. I don't know why they're taking so long on it. Um they did poke fun at themselves for it as she's going, you know, I can I can talk to myself all I want, but when I make bad jokes here, there's nobody here to retort, and it's really sad. And everybody was watching was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Why haven't you moved on? <laughs> it's it's one of those where lampshading it doesn't excuse you from doing the thing you're making fun of. What were you going to say, Gugsy? I was going to I just was going to say that like it it's really surprises me about the classroom that they're, they're actually interspersing them a lot, like a lot, lot more, because mm-hmm. what I want is I actually want more of the classmates and I want I want the, the stories to intersect like more i want or at least i want the the stories to intersect somehow and the fact that it's like oh this this was like not even existent in the beginning of this i probably would not be watching more so i think the yeah. thing that the thing that frustrates me with the the isekai in this isekai is that i always i'm really not a fan of when people get reincarnated and it's like a bad rpg yeah yeah I get you. And the first, the first time that a series, and I don't even remember what the first one was that did it, but the first time, maybe in the first couple times that it happened, and there's like a a disembodied voice going like, "You have leveled up. Would you like to spend your skill points?" You know, it was like, oh, "Okay, that's kind of clever." But this is like the fiftieth time that an yeah. anime has done that, and I think that <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just really like cheap world building because it's easy, right? Like you have a disembodied right. voice that the character interacts with. And it's like some lame RPG, yep. and I, I think I think that a lot of authors are taking like the the easy way out when they do that, and it's just not very yes. interesting because everyone's doing it. Right. While I agree with you on that, I want to put a pin in this conversation for for later, and I think you know why because there's a compl- there's another show that we're about to talk about that uh, has some of this problem, sort of, but there's a completely different issue with it. Yeah. So Is there I anything just, that anyone else wants to add about Spider though? Um, Wait, Dill, are how, you watching it? How much no. did the the ending that becomes the opening blow your mind, Proton, when you watched it? Um, that that song. It didn't blow my mind too much. I was, but I was, I was making pasta, and I sort of like tuned out once it got to like the ending theme. So I don't even remember. Oh, <laughs> you you missed out. It is it is nuts. I'm gonna play it straight to you, Proton. This anime looks like dog shit, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, that I didn't. I, that mine is the same thing. But I wanted to watch something for this podcast to like add to the shows that I had seen. Yeah, and it was the only thing I could find on Netflix that wasn't a sequel. So 
That's why you're in the director's chair, baby. I I do have my complaints about this particular adaptation, especially when we've got so many other stellar adaptations this season. Is I don't know why they went with the the 3D CG for the the spider parts of it. I really don't. It's not helping anything. I I don't know why they're not fast-forwarding through some of the early boring spider parts. And... (laughs) Like it's they they made a bunch of questionable decisions. Um, personally, I'm actually a couple episodes behind on it because I've come to the conclusion that it's a it's going to be a lot better binged rather than watched weekly. I think it's going to be a lot better when you can just power through all of it at once and not be in this interminable stuck in the cave bullshit. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. I I mean I don't want to like shit on it, but I'm sort of like. In, in my mind, and part of, like, your points there are things like skipping the boring parts. Like, I just feel like, my from what I can understand from what I've seen with this adaptation, I feel like the source material does not seem to be, like, all that great. At least, and may, maybe maybe it, it builds, because most of these isekai, there's something that appeals, right? It is popular, people do like it, and I know that it builds and gets more interesting over time, but... I I still I'm just I'm it, I'm not into it. I feel like it's like mid tier at best. To some yeah, degree, I, it I is think... a problem with the medium in this case. Um, the light novel actually had a lot more monologue of hers and a lot more of her thought process, and it was more interesting that way. The manga, on the other hand, um, is doing about the same amount of dialogue, but the manga has they found a fantastic illustrator for it. The spider is adorable in the manga. It is hilarious to watch her roll around in frustration and, you know, pull her non-existent hair out and scream at things. It's, it is hilarious in manga form. And I don't know why they didn't try to imitate that style. I really don't understand why they went with this 3D CG garbage. Cheaper. I, I think you. I think you have to, like... Like with all the complaints that we have for the show, like a lot of us are still watching it, and I think you mm-hmm. have to give like pretty much ninety percent of the credit to uh, the voice actress of yep. the, the spider. Yeah, Absolutely. otherwise, otherwise she is hard carrying this yeah, anime right now, completely. Because yeah. this would be really boring, but she makes it work somehow. Mm-hmm. At, le- at least so makes it. Passable. She makes it tolerable. Mm-hmm. So speaking it's, of boring, yeah. Um, oh god! The, another the what is it called? Like imagine... uh, suppose a kid suppose a kid from the last dungeon boonies moved to the starter town. Yeah, there you go. So I have not actually seen this one. I've heard from just about everyone that it is uh, very bad. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah. Um, it's it's for me. It's enjoyably bad. Like I'm not going to argue with you. It is absolutely bad. I'm still enjoying it. Um, I've read the the light novel of it i've i've read the manga of it it's it's bad but it's better than a lot of the alternatives <laughs> i i don't know about that i really don't <laughs> i just i the, it that's it because works, you're not diving into the shit that i've been reading well <laughs> well the the shit is still getting to to being made to anime so i just it works for an episode and then and then and then they just they turned Every single episode into every single female character, like just completely in love with him and just making love jokes while he's completely oblivious. And we've there's a hundred of these. I'm 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 I completely yeah. I'm completely out. Yeah, I feel like this was this concept was done better 
better in in finger quotes. This is a this is a very hesitantly better in uh the hero is OP but too cautious. Yeah, and even then, like that one, I'd also drop because it just it just stopped working for me very yeah. quickly. I I liked that one even less for what it's worth, but I can recognize that they actually approached it better in that one. Yeah, yeah, I thought that the writing in that like. I think that the concept in that one was sort of like it gets played out, but I did feel like the writing was good enough that I was entertained for like four or five episodes before I stopped caring. And that's a pretty long distance for what it was. So I'll give mm-hmm. it credit. Um, yeah. I, that one was executed better. And this is just ex- this like just yeah. awful. Absolutely. It, yeah. it has a, it has a, like a, a better premise and it's just doing nothing with it. It it has another of the same problem that I had with, um, especially with Danmachi, and I know Dill's going to go to town on me for this one because I'm bringing this up again. But it has this this one older lolly character that I just cannot stand. That is hmm. lusting after the main character, and uh, and she could once again be just as easily written out and never show up again. And the plot would move along just fine, and the show would be so much better for it. Yeah, so far, every single female character in the show is just completely and totally in love with the main character. And of course, he's oblivious to all of this. And, and 99% of the comedy is them lusting after him. And they just, they just spin their wheels on this, and nothing is done with, like, with the premise after the first episode. The only and- one of those that's actually entertaining is, the, is Selen who is a yandere for him. And even that I, entertaining is kind of a stretch, but yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I would not, <laughs> I would not call uh-huh. it entertaining, but to each their own. It's, yeah, right. it's, it's such a disappointment for what it, for what was, it was a decently funny premiere. So the, um, I do want to talk about the big one, one more show, one more isekai, if you will. For I guess Boonies is technically not an isekai, but it's like right. a video game. It has game a lot of the inspired. trappings. Yeah. I think it's right. it's in in terms of like... It's um, an isekai-inspired fantasy is what it is. Right. And like the, uh, I think like the tropes and everything about it except for the literal sense is essentially like an isekai. So I sort of group it within it, that genre, even, even though... You've got the the cause and effect backwards on this one. What it is is that it's imitating a lot of the old video game settings, which is what the isekai drew from in their lack of creativity. Right, but I also think that like it's probably it's responding to the isekai trends, so it's drawing on the same things as them yeah. because they're drawing on it and it wants to get in on that. So right, uh, so that's why I consider it within that genre. But anyways. I mean, it's not really worth. We we we've set our piece on it, and I don't think mm-hmm. it's worthy of anything else. No, so, especially not compared to what we're about to talk about. Right, and so now the the big boy, and I know you guys. This was talked about a decent amount in the last <laughs> episode of the podcast, but I feel like I, I get I listened to it. it. wasn't like it was a longer conversation, but it wasn't like a fully like in depth conversation yet. So there is more things to be talked about with the show, and that show is, of course, Mushoku Tensei the big boy of the season, um, right? And it's the, the the OG isekai by some people's standards. I mean, depending on mm-hmm. who you ask, you know, they might say like hack slash sign or whatever. Um, but I didn't point know being though is that like in the, in, the, in the realm of actual, like the isekai genre as we know it, Mushoku Tensei is kind of like 
the primogenitor of everything. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it hasn't gotten like the light novels have been going for forever and the web novels even longer, but it had not gotten an anime until this the, year. The, but here the we web are. novels have been over for a long time. It's done. The series is complete. The light yeah, novels, the, I'm pretty sure, are actually complete too at this point. Light, We're just waiting the for the translations. Novels, the light novels ended last year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the the web novel, like the guy basically got the entire, he wrote the entire thing in like two years online. But then mm-hmm. like they then proceeded to like process all of it and turn it into light novels over the course of like 10 years. Right. Um, and they so, just, and the light novels have just finished. And now here we've got an anime adaptation that I think it seems like they're gearing up for it either to be long running or have multiple seasons. So Yeah. Which is good because this is a long series and it deserves it. It's got a lot to say and there's some very interesting things in it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Proton. I didn't realize it had that kind of legacy. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, been, it's, I will say it's that very I'm, old. Um, the, the point that I was getting at when I said, put a pin in this, um, the, the isekai tropes that we look at Mushoku Tensei today and go, that's been done to death are mm-hmm. because Mushoku Tensei existed. It was the one that made most of these tropes into tropes. It's, it's a lot like Dragon Quest in that it is the reason that these tropes are now so widely used is because this did them and it was good. Hmm. Yeah. Or like I will say though, at the, like at the, at the same time, series. yes. At, at the same time that, um, when I, when I hear those arguments, I agree. And I think that it does the stuff better than most of the people that copy it. And so because mm-hmm. of that, it's fine. However, yep. I also like, I don't think that it gets a, like, even if it has been like copied, if the copies were better than it, I don't think that it coming out first would automatically give it the right to be like, you know, well, it came out first. So even though it's become like a mainstay and everyone does it, it's still, you have to appreciate the OG. I don't necessarily buy into that, but I think that it does do things like the Mm -hmm. magic, et cetera, better than the, a lot of the things that did copy it. So in that sense, it is still, it does hold up um, on mm-hmm. the world building aspects. And that's that's one thing I was surprised about. You bring up the magic. I was very surprised at the amount of production value this thing got. They are pouring a crap ton of, of special effects budget into this anime. It is gorgeous. Yeah, the they made too. a whole new, they made a whole new like, sub studio just to animate this thing. So it's been like in the works clearly for a while. It mm-hmm. probably lends itself to that. They're gonna they're gonna go along with this if they if they built a sub studio just for this it, it that means that they're probably gonna they're in I for the long really, haul. I really really yeah. hope that they actually adapt the entire damn thing. It's been way too long. It's been way too long since a long series like this got a full adaptation and not just like three volumes and then read the rest. Oh, not like not like One Piece. Well, One Piece is, is a lot longer than what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm joking. Sword Art, I mean, things like Sword Art Online has gotten a full adaptation. I mean, I know it's still going, but they basically adapted all the way up to the end of where the novels were at. Yeah, but I'm talking the... about good novels. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> and like, honestly, even with Sword Art, like, I'd be okay seeing a progressive adaptation. I like that a lot better than the original. But we're probably it? not going to. I, not that I know of. Actually, I thought they were saying they were going to make a progressive adaptation. 
like it wouldn't surprise me at this point because everything that that series is is gold at this point but we just haven't heard about it yet so like i'm waiting for it i'll be in for it if it if it comes out but like i'm not watching alicization i don't care they lost me a long time ago but if progressive starts I'll, i'll be i'll be all in for progressive anyway yeah, I, dro- I dropped it in Alicization. Like, I think the thing frustrating with... And I'm saying this as someone who, like, got into anime in, in some ways through Sword Art Online and really enjoyed the first season when I first watched it. But, like, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it gets even better as it goes on, which is what all, which is what every fan of any series has ever said about anything, right? Um, but there's also, like, I feel like it was a little bit... Like, it was a ridiculous claim because sometimes it's true, but it wasn't true with this, like... Alicization no. like took all of the things that were good about the original and it's just like we're gonna skip all that shit. Like right. So it I, threw I don't all understand the, yeah. the window. But we can we can have an entire podcast about how Sword yeah. Art and specifically Alicization have let us down. By the and way, I just I just I just double checked to confirm because I thought that it happened. They have announced a progressive anime for Sword Art. Oh, have they? Uh, oh fantastic. Yes. Um, I thought do we have, have a year was... or a date or what? Uh, no, but they announced it last year, so, uh, okay. but it is coming, it is coming. Good. I think they released a teaser trailer for it, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I mean, like, yeah, honestly, like, for me, and I know that some people make the argument, like, even in the first part of the first season, it was bad, which I don't agree with. I think it was pretty, I think it had some really good, interesting ideas in the first half of the first season that I really liked. And I'd like for that to just be the whole the whole thing, you know, like draw, like drag that out, make it a full proper series instead of cutting. That's progressive. Yeah, right. We're, we're going exactly. Too deep. We're going too deep in this. Yeah, we need to go back to Mashoka Tetsu. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about let's go all the way in Excel World. Here we okay. go. No, no. <laughs> with Mashoko Tensei, I mean, we mentioned this on the last pod, but I really don't think it can be stated enough. Because, you know, we just had an introduction of a new character between those podcasts. I, th- I think it's a just every character in the show. And, you know, everybody wants to get hung up on Rudy, but I'm just getting the point is, like, all the other characters, they're they're really detailed characters, and they're like, really enjoyable. Um, and and it's it's also fun because everybody is flawed as well. Yeah. There's, there's no, true. like, obvious good guys. There's no obvious, like, role models there's no perfect character no everybody is seriously flawed well, yeah because go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say like he that's a great point because you think about like you know he had his teacher he was looking up to her and then like just kind of like complete heel turn she's like absolutely never be around these kind of people like 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 a very like like alarming kind of like charge statement and then the next person he meets in his life is somebody who is like that uh, of that description um, um i doubt on. they'll get into why she said that yeah but she actually has her own spin-off manga okay, okay. where you will get a deep dive as to why she tells him that yeah, and you, you know you guys said this already in the rapid fire there this anime is fucking gorgeous it really is it like, is it's the, the production f- value is amazing the first time that she shows him like that that grand magic like out in that field i was like uh-huh. the, hur- the hurricane thing or whatever yeah I was like, holy yeah. shit and like, honestly even just his even just his first use of magic and how he figured out how to do chantless stuff from that mm-hmm. that was 
that was an incredibly detailed thing, and it really gave you the sense of how he figured that out. Like, he didn't just, it wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. Right, he, was- he actually made the logical connection there, and it was really, really interesting to, to visually see that in visceral detail. It was fun, too. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the look on his face of, oh, shit, when he did the, the big water ball. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, um, on the, um, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I wanted to uh, really briefly, because I, I it wasn't really talked about in the previous episode, but, and I don't want to get, like, too into, like, the debate, if you will, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's worth mentioning, right? So, like, the thing everyone is, like, fighting over, and we've kind of alluded to it here, too, everyone kind of is... The big debate is over the shittiness of the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. And so something like I actually like just went through and watched it like a week ago. You know, like when I like I hadn't see, even seen the first episode until then. Um, right. So when the when the debate was playing out within Anate circles when it about was raging, like a like right, a, like a hell right. I I had no opinion because I have not I had not even seen it. Um, but now having watched it, like, and I so the first thing is that um. You know, so the the concern, right, is people like, okay, he's a pervert. He's not taking, you know, like women's consent seriously, et cetera, et cetera. And I think all of those arguments in the sense of like, is he like a pervert? Is he not taking women's consent seriously? I mean, yes, right? Absolutely. Like, a- right, absolutely. And I think that in in some ways, and I get why he's really like obnoxious and people dislike him and why people are upset about the show because it really goes in on it sometimes. I think though that like, I guess maybe it's because everyone was like getting really into it in the arguments, but I was kind of prepared for him to be worse than he actually was when I watched it, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, and part of it is that people really like talk it up in the debates and so right. inevitably like you kind of overestimate. But I kind of feel like, it's he's not really any worse than a lot of other sleazy anime protagonists, which, by the way, is not a good thing, right? Like, I think right, that speaks right. negatively on the industry more than it does positively on Mushoku Tensei. Right. But it is sort of like, and so I thought, I was like, why are people like so into this one like why is the debate around this guy instead of one of the other shows that where the protagonist is just equally as sleazy and i think that like so first off mushoku tensei is really popular and there's a certain like prestige around that so that attracts you know like more criticism inevitably Mm -hmm. but i i also think that mushoku tensei is a little bit more like open about characters i say a little bit a lot a lot a bit more open about characters sexuality than most of these other shows because in other shows it's kind of it's about the it's about the male protagonist being sleazy but also sort of like not acting on his desire like he he has like these like really ridiculous thoughts and the camera pans over and he says like weird things about the girl characters and makes people feel uncomfortable but the the show is like the male gaze yeah right but there's like repression and i think that like in mushoku tensei it's more overtly sexual, right? Like his parents are obviously having blatant sex like multiple times in the show. I mean, obviously it's not like yeah, hentai, the right? Like they're not showing it, but like you can no, hear them the, like the bed pounding is in the background. In every like, right. scene of, of the house. Right. And and that's I think that's emblematic of lots of other things in the show because all of the characters are very much like sexual beings who in one way or another act on their desires, which is mm-hmm. something that is not 
very common in most of right. the other series that have gotten anime. And I think that's the part that really makes people like focus on this. I mean, on top mm-hmm. of the part that it's just popular and so it gets more criticism. But yes. I think that the actual level of sleaziness of the characters is not really any all that different from a lot of the other sleazy protagonists. That, it's just that they're more actively s- sexual, and I think that I, is what draws I, okay, the attention. That's, I think- that's a point that I need to, to, to get clear here, is the reason why you don't feel that they are as sleazy as the others is actually one of the series' biggest strong points. Um, it's twofold. The first thing is... Um, actions have consequences in this series, and we've already started to see that. There's blatant consequences for his actions already. But um, one of the things that the series does really well is that consequences aren't just right in the moment. There are lasting consequences to the choices he's making, too. And we'll get to see some more of that later, but right now we haven't been around him long enough to see that. But the second... The second point, aside from actions having consequences, is that he is learning from his mistakes. It's taking him a while on some of these mistakes, but he is making progress. And that's the reason he doesn't feel as sleazy as the others is, A, um, the universe is not enabling it, society is not enabling it, the people around him are not enabling it. Everybody is calling him out on his shit, and he is recognizing that what he's doing is wrong and attempting to fix it. I think uh, I, I agree with, with that, all your points, right? I think another thing about it, too, is that a lot of the times when shows are about sleazy protagonists, the, the entire plot and the entire thing is about him being sleazy and about the cameras panning and there's blatantly, mm-hmm. like, etchy things going on so that people who are not interested in that, which there's lots of us, me included, right. were like, all right, well, I'm not going to watch this because I know this is going to be, this is completely not up my alley. Yes. Whereas and this is just like, it's part it's part of the show, but there's so much else that's going right. on that, that and, the, like the rest of us yeah. who would who would have just like completely dismissed mm-hmm. it off of hand are still watching it because there's other things, other positives that are a part of it. And to tie that point back to Proton's point, for a show that's so open about every character being a sexual person, there is an astounding lack of etchy scenes on yeah. camera. That's true, actually. I didn't even think about that. The, the male yeah. gaze is actually far less strong than it really should be, given how much male gaze he's sending out. He's the, the, the maid is, is catching him staring at her like all the time. We know this already. She's pointed it out. But we, it, it hasn't been on camera, aside from like the first time he did it and obviously got caught. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, because when, like any of these other shows, the the camera would have just like, it would have been from Rudy's perspective, and they they would have stayed in the, and because it's anime, right. they would only focus this on her time breasts. It's just and, in, this time it's just in the corner of the house watching Rudy's face distort and watching other people yeah, cringe at him. It's from, it's from the maid's perspective who's, who's seeing him stare at her with like mm-hmm. a big smile on his face. So it's, it's like, it's, it's not actually the gaze part of, of it. Right. Do you know that's so that's interesting. It's it's handling a very immature uh approach in a very mature way. Right. So. Something I found really interesting between podcasts that I, I wanted to bring up. It I thought of another Isekai, and you think about like these dysfunctional people who get reborn into a new world. And 
you didn't really get a con and it, I, I understand why because you know like obviously sexuality and this dude being a sleaze bag is like a lot more hotter of a topic for people to talk about but you know it's no secret at least in our community i don't know about our listeners you know this is a lot of these things like proton was saying people are you know kind of bashing heads about but i thought about like saga of tanya the evil where you have a person who is very um dysfunctional because he's uh like mm-hmm. as far as societal terms are concerned he's like this he, detached he's this detached sociopath right right he's and, he's a fascist atheist but he gets reborn into a, a you know that one's more of an action show i get what you, i but what i'm getting mm-hmm. at is like i'm surprised that there wasn't really i don't know maybe it's just because our our discussions around like the cuz it's a, i i'm thrown for a loop cuz i had this written down for the show but you know, you you mentioned uh, this is kind of an like an OG show. Now I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious because thematically, like I don't know if people would have the same kind of conversation about it five years ago. And you I'm think not about sure that, like if, Sa- if if Saga of Tanya the Evil came out today, I wonder if it, like a, a conversation similar to this would be kind of going on. Probably not, but I mean, because I know high visibility of like you know probably not because. Content, but, and also because Tanya the Evil is straight out evil. It knows yeah. that. It acknowledges it. Um, sure. The reason that this is being hotly de- – well, a reason this is being hotly debated is because despite him doing these bad things, he's still being portrayed as the protagonist. He's not right. being portrayed as a good protagonist, but he's still being portrayed as a protagonist that is attempting to be good. Whereas mm-hmm. Tanya the Evil, he was never, ever trying to be good, and it knew it and embraced that. There's ambiguity. So I feel like one thing that I do want to like push back against a little bit is that I don't I think that he does face consequences for and I'm talking about Rudy the protagonist of Mushoku Tensei uh-huh. here he does face consequences for his actions at different times mm-hmm. but I do agree with the opinion that I don't really feel like the show is challenging the things he's doing as like being like really wrong, like uh, some like for example the um. His, Understand like, you, uh, and the, I just want to assure you, it's a slow burn on some of these. Right, like and I I'm, said, and the thing is that it, it very well, you very well uh-huh. may be correct, but I am responding to what is available right now. Yeah. And I, I don't that. feel and and I I I've met people who make a similar argument to you who have only seen the anime and they're only talking about the anime and from what has been available in the anime so far I'm not I, I'm not buying it yet um, because and and once again I think that the the focus on him being a sleazebag is in some ways overstated um, mm-hmm. for reasons that I talked about earlier yes but I I do think I don't feel that the show up until now has really challenged the his behavior as things that are actually like problematic most of the time there's some pushback sometimes but mm-hmm. I think that for the most part it is played up for for laughs for the mo- like in general let and me just he, go ahead I, Sorry. I think and, I, I, and I do I do believe that the show is attempting to portray him as a sympathetic protagonist consistently throughout the series so far. Um, I think I'm with you there. Go ahead. So that's, that's all. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so a couple of things on that. First of all, um, another thing that I wanted to point out about him and uh, this, this wasn't touched upon as heavily as they've been going at it in the anime and they've used the visual medium to great effect here in ways that both the manga and the light novel failed to. 
and that's uh, his background of being bullied and his actual trauma from it. Um, they're they're approaching that in a way that that makes it very clear what has happened to him and why he feels some of the ways he does. And right, it doesn't exactly. excuse it, but it does explain some of it. He's not a sleazebag just because he decided to be a sleazebag. And that, um, that actually, you're, you're right. And I think that that, like that, I think that plays into my point, which is that his background is one of the ways in which he is portrayed as a sympathetic character. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not he interested being in made out to be the victim in that. And right, and I, I, and I, I get I'm where you're coming from with that. Trying to make like a values judgment or anything on it either. Right, I, I think the show's good, and I think that some of this is overblown. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that like the show does, in a way, excuse some of his behavior because of his background. And right, like mm-hmm. if if I mm-hmm. if I have a background where I have you know I have this like traumatic event in my past that causes me to be like. I don't know, like racist or homophobic or something, right? It doesn't change the, like, it doesn't excuse the behavior that I now have in the present, right? I fully agree with you. And And I don't think that the anime, I think it makes him a, a, um, a pretend, like they make him sympathetic, but they don't really truly push back on his behaviors all that much. Right. And without spoiling anything, let me just say that when we get this recorded and posted, I'm, I'm going to bookmark it. And I want to 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 revisit this conversation at the end of not this season because they're not going to get far enough for for some of the things that they're already setting up to pay off. But when they finish, however much of it they're going to adapt, and I really really hope they adapt the whole thing again because that would make for an amazing conversation. I want to come back and have a podcast where we talk about how that how that played out versus how you expected it to play out in you know, halfway through season one or even at the end of season one, because I think it's going to be a very different conversation at the end of the series. Okay. This has, this has some stuff in store for you. Let's just put it that way. Rates. How, I would, hmm? Sorry. I was just going to say how, how long do you think that would be? Like, as far as like going off of like a traditional, like anime pacing kind of deal, do you think? Um, no, so how this is with the the source material. I don't know how long it is of a series, but it's twenty four. It's, it's right now. long. Okay, it's very long. Um, I'm. Did it really depends on how far we get in this first season because that'll give me an estimate of how many volumes they go through in however many episodes. Um, I would estimate like the the fastest they could possibly get through all of it would probably be maybe six or eight seasons. Wow. I would I would expect long I would expect a good deal longer than that. Wow, okay. How far is this it now? Is, like two? Like two volumes or like what? Um it's been a long time since I read the early stuff. Um it's probably in volume 1 or 2. I I'm not exactly sure. Sure. I don't mean but to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. There's but. a there's a um there's there's going to be a a breakpoint soon enough that'll 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 be a better reference point mm-hmm. um but we haven't hit there yet so i'm i'm a little bit fuzzy because we haven't hit like some of the big details yet yeah usually in general and i I don't know if possible they might end up skip stuff but as a general rule uh an average adaptation tends to adapt one volume of a light novel about three to four anime episodes so if mushoku tensei was to follow 
that route, then one one season, if we're treating one season as 12 episodes, would cover up to three or four volumes. And since there's 24 volumes... Um, You're looking yeah, at eight would, seasons. Right. Um, I do want to point out that as adaptations go, this is being remarkably thorough. There, there's, yeah. there's not a whole lot of. Normally, it's you know either they've they've skipped a few minor details or they've skipped a few major details. I don't feel that they've skipped anything that's important to any of the points that I really want it to make. They're being really. This is a really faithful adaptation. I am pl- very pleasantly surprised, just like I am with these other three this season. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off section we got to talk about news Mm -hmm. um so we've got a few news articles that we're going to talk about i want to get through these a little bit quickly because we spent a long time talking about our our anime today which is good good conversation um so the first story i'm going to introduce this first story which is that we got are we not going to tie it in yeah we should we should we should let's let's i'll 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 go first and then because it makes more sense for me to start off Okay. I, I was talking Go about forward. the one that I was going to present because it's oh. the anime we were just talking about. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We're gonna have, yeah, we're going to have – okay, good point. Right, Zeno, what is your new story? Okay, so there is a Chinese video platform called Bilibili. Um, to the best of my understanding, it's their version of YouTube, but I don't have enough information to confirm that. Um, they had four episodes of Mushoku Tensei up. They were supposed to to upload the fifth one, and it didn't appear because um, there is some backlash going on there. There's a uh, vocal group of women that are protesting Billy Billy at the moment uh, because they are accusing them of uh, basically allowing misogynistic and, and pornographic and suggestive content. And um, a bunch of, like, cosmetic brands and and random products are also boycotting the service for the same reason, because they're, you know, standing in solidarity. So it's it's a mess. Um, The the service itself is claiming that it was a technical difficulty, but, like, episode five still hasn't shown up, and I don't think anybody believes them. And just to be clear, it's not, it's, uh, this is probably, it's not just affecting Mushoku Tensei, but probably a bunch of other things that are appearing on the platform. It's just Mishoku Tensei is the end. The obvious right. one, yeah. yeah. So I guess, like, it's interesting because I, f- I feel like the framing whenever we talk about, like, these issues of people having, you know, kind of like a, a, a moral debate about anime is it tends to get framed as, like, the Western social justice warriors or whatever complaining about something. But, um... Yeah. I mean, I don't really think you can construe this in that direction this time. Nope. Oh, it's the it's the Western SJWs are now influencing the the Chinese SJWs or something <laughs> bullshit like that. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I think it's it's interesting that um, it's become such a big like cultural discussion, like all over the place, though. I, I like part of me feels that the anime community, and I know that it's anime has become very popular internationally over the years, but in some ways it's still very niche. And certainly the community on social media platforms is kind of a distinct and niche, you know, like anti Twitter, right? 
And so I feel like when some, when a controversy like this comes up, it just becomes like, like Mushoku Tensei is like the top, like various news stories in, that are in some way talking about it seem to be like dominant for the past month. Well, it's also just a popular show, issues aside, or rather possibly in some cases because of the issues. Well, you, I mean, you have to... go ahead, though. I was just going to say, you have to think, because, you know, earlier we said that it's other shows had being affected by that. Of course, we've already talked to great lengths today about how controversial Mushoku Tensei is. So, of course, that's going to be the one that grabs people's attention. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was just going to say, there's if, we're, if we want to talk about anime with misogyny and just, just, just a blatant disregard for, for women, there's another one this season that's 100 times worse than Mushoku Tensei, and I'm not even going to name the name. Yeah, let's mm. not. So, well, but yeah, there's yeah. there's so much Absolutely. worse in anime, right? And it, that, that's that's not not to not to make say like Mushoku Tensei is good, but right, right. It's yeah. not to excuse that. It's just why aren't we targeting that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kind of I think it's because it's, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, it is like its fame and. Right. It's it's almost like once the first controversy, and this is kind of my point, once the first controversy popped up, it was just like, you know, it was going to be a back and forth because both sides are annoyed with the other side for not listening to their genuine grievances or whatever. And so they try to bring up the same argument from a different like issue within the show and it just keeps coming up over and over again. Mm-hmm. And and you know how you know how fandoms are. They'll find a, a reason to think that there's uh, shows being ostracized anyways. You know, Gugsy, the one that you said that we're not going to mention, its latest episode didn't uh, go up on High Dive this week, and people were claiming outrage about it, and then people had to remind <laughs> them that all of Texas is without power. So, Yeah, and High Dive's based in Texas, right? Send that. Right. <laughs> not, it's, not a, it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, it's a conspiracy from God, from God. God brought down the weather to destroy High Dive. <laughs> they, 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 I, I, earned, they earned it. <laughs> no, you, you'd be. It'd be easier to convince me that God brought down the weather to, to destroy that specific show. I wouldn't even bat an eye. You leave Nanambiori out of this. <laughs> so I'd I'd like to say that we should talk about something lighter, but actually, in some ways, this next topic is a little bit darker. Gugsy, yeah. take it away. <laughs> yeah. So this other thing that was someone. Um, uh, who works in the anime industry is relatively low level, kind of shared a YouTube video of their earnings. Um, I guess not last year, but it's for 2019, and it's pretty depressing. Um, so apparently their total income for the year 2019 was only, it was the equivalent in, in Japanese yen of 6,000 American dollars. Mm-hmm. And that, that range, that, that, that's uh, apparently in January, the low, for them, they they got one hundred thirty dollars for the entire month of January, um, and just in general, according to um, a survey by the uh, Japan Animation Creators Association, the mean average income of people between the ages of twenty and twenty four in the anime industry is about fourteen thousand American dollars, the equivalent of that. So yeah. it's it's a rough industry. It's a rough industry to start in, and it's it, it's this person share, like sharing what their income was, and and it it wildly varies across 
all the months. It's not a consistent, you know, like nine to five check. They're getting like just varying amounts. Like, right. Uh, Did it say anything? Did it say mm-hmm. anything about like their living situation? Um, I'm I not not here. Not at least I don't know. They might they might have said something in a different video, but in this, what I'm looking at right now is is only talking about what their income was. But I'm sure they had to be living with someone or in like something because this is not a living yeah. income. <laughs> no, yeah, they, 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 I'm almost certain they would have had to have been living with their parents if they're making six k a year. Good God! Yeah, and like I, one hundred thirty dollars a month. Like I guess, I guess you can go, you can go on the McDonald's dollar menu a few times a day and survive. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much ramen. Pretty much living it. on ramen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depressing now, stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I I know you're a statistician, so you'll you'll get this and you'll hate me for it, but. Man, that definitely is a mean salary. <laughs> I, 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 I knew where you were going with that almost immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd be yeah, I, get, I, I, I get that reference too. I mean, I, this issue transcends more than just animation. We could sit here and talk about it for hours. I mean, yeah, it's poverty is a horrible thing. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's bad all around, but it's a particularly notable one in anime, just because the salaries are just so ridiculously low for these people. So I, I think something that's sort of um, to add to this conversation is in so in the rural area that I live in, I know a lot of entry level employees at um, like my workplace and other workplaces nearby make on average um 16 to 18,000 dollars a year. Mm. And there's so first off, right, the animators are making even less than that, so that's like holy shit. Um and they're living in most of them are living somewhere near Tokyo, so it's much more expensive. Yeah. Uh but actually I think one of the things that people forget, right? Cuz there's the 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 poverty level in the United States, it's usually like what like I think it's at like $22,000 a year is what the bar is at or is it it was it $18,000 a year? It's somewhere around there, right? Which is ridiculous. It should be Right. Which yeah. is ridiculous. That's not right. But um but the I think that it's but if the like salaries in Japan like I think that on average entry level positions, like something that we would consider a low salary would be like pretty good here. And I don't know enough about the overall economics to say whether or not it's like a huge poverty thing or if like the yen, you know, like, uh, you know, yen just goes further, like has better purchasing um, in Japan. Yeah, that and and cost of living. It's a matter of cost of living. Yeah, that's all rolled into cost of living, really. Because like, yeah, the you you can the the same salary can in like or in like something like uh, I don't know a rural place rural West Virginia could get you a mansion and in New York City you're barely affording a studio and you're living with two other people and ten rats. So, <laughs> ten rats. So well, yeah, yeah. yeah only US, ten. The, optimistic. Ten, <laughs> ten to start with. I well, definitely. Go ahead. Oh, you can go, Dill. No, I mean Proton knows most of any of us. He lives in Japan, but <laughs> I I know from my job when I was working overseas, we would give our employees um, housing based off of cost of living, 
Um, and I know the average for the Japanese area, which was more towards Okinawa, um, was about 900. Um, mm. But that's on top mm. of what they, what they, they usually make. So that range is based off of their positions. But I, that's not really much to add to that conversation. But it's just one of the few things I know I can add. Yeah, that's interesting. If and I think could... it does it does vary. The weird thing with so in cost of living, right? So in, from my perspective, I'm living in like a rural area. And so I think that someone who's making $18,000 a year here, if they are young and single and frugal, they will be okay. Um sure. It's not comfortable, but I mean, everyone right. that I know that's doing it is able to do it and they're not like completely in poverty. Um, but they're also not in any way building a nest egg or even building a right, future. Right. And the like, but the difference is most of the people that I know who are making that salary have very good job security. And even though they're not going to be rich, they will eventually work their way up to making something better, like more, more sustainable than that. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that the the thing that's particularly dangerous with the anime industry is right volatility, and also the fact that everything's based in Tokyo, and Tokyo does is yeah. the cost of living in Tokyo can be pretty crazy sometimes. Uh, yeah, and that's really the now, whole thing right there. Yeah, the public transportation system is good enough that most people. I mean, you could live like in another prefecture and commute to Tokyo. People do it all the time. Uh, and I mean, that's if you're working for an anime studio, like you, you can't live in like Shinjuku, like, come on. Um, right. I guess I just can't even imagine how some of these, I hear stories about people who are like raising families on that salary. And I just don't even know how you could possibly try to do that. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that like the limitation of this is like the, the conversion. Like when you, when we hear like $14,000, we're like, oh, wow. But like, but obviously the cost of living between there and here is completely different. So it's, it's not a. It's not a perfect kind of comparison, one one. Yeah. But, right? But it's it still does go to show that like these guys are these guys and girls, sorry, are are getting paid a really really tiny amount. Yeah. On the on the plus side, though, this this news story sort of ties into this other one. Um, Netflix has announced that they are going to offer full Tokyo anime school scholarships with living expense support. And it's open to foreigners. Um, And so my understanding is that they are working with Studio Wit. So the guys that made um, Attack on Titan, Seraph of the End. Um, They also did, um, what's it called? The... uh, the, Cabinary. Cabinary, yeah. But I was thinking of the uh, Inland Saga. Um, Oh, yeah. they're, they're fairly like big, well-known um, anime studio, and they're creating a uh, something called the Wit Animator Academy, and that academy is in Tokyo, and the course is going to be a six-month course with classes basically five days a week, and um, after they complete the degree, the students then will become subcontracted animators for a Netflix original anime that Wit and or, and or Production IG will be working with Netflix to make. So basically you get you get this like scholarship to go through an animator's training like college essentially and then you have a job lined up immediately afterwards to produce an anime for Netflix. Pipeline so career. Nice. that's nice. That's, yeah. <laughs> like that would be amazing all on its own, but the fact that it's open to foreigners is absolutely insane. 
it is yeah. notoriously difficult to get a job that's not teaching English in Japan if you're not <laughs> from there. Yeah. Well, especially like, I mean, you have to, if you want to get something and you're like, unless you're like, obviously like an international businessman or something like that. Um, if you want to get something that's not an English teacher, I mean, you have to have like very fluent Japanese or you're going to mm-hmm. be out of luck most of the time. And right. Animators. No, don't get me wrong. There are some, I have heard of people like, I think there was like some guy who was working on like Tokyo ghoul way back. And he was like a foreign, like, I think it was like an American guy who had like gotten really good at Japanese, but like Japanese language skills and animation abilities are very unrelated things. And you would have right. to be very good at both of them for a company to bother, you know, sponsoring your visa. So yeah, this is, I mean, this is probably if there's anyone who wants to get into the anime industry, although given the general salaries, uh, you know, like that might be something you need to take into consideration. Uh, but now's the time, I guess. All this I know is this that- could be your big break right here. No, yeah. All I know is that Proton is both unqualified for the animating and also the Japanese language. So, uh, very, very, that. very, very funny joke, but I made it in. See, I I managed to buy out the um the border guards, so I'm all good. Pro- Proton's been doing a long con. He's actually been living in Kansas this whole time still. Yeah. yeah I, I don't actually. I don't actually deny that. He doesn't actually go down to. He doesn't actually go down to the the supermarket and speak Japanese. He's actually just saying it at like a Walmart. Yeah, I've been I've been lying this whole time. I'm not speaking Japanese in Japan. I'm actually speaking um, Korean in North Korea. Oh, oh. That, that went that went places. That, that took a turn. <laughs> no, but uh, anyways, for anyone listening to this, um, the applications for this new academy are due by February 28th. So by the time this episode comes out, you only have a few days to get on it. But uh, chop chop, this is your chance. Get that resume. Get that resume yeah. done. All right, so we got one more story that we're going to talk about today, and this one will be introduced by our fellow associate, Dil Kokoro. Wow, it's the nicest introduction I've ever had. <laughs> now, I'm, compared to the heavier subject matter of everything else, uh, maybe censorship isn't all that light, but this one is. Uh, World-famous Attack on Titan got a heavy, heavy censorship uh, put over it with Malaysia. Specifically, that the old naked titans, without their genitalia, are getting pants put on them. That is pants God. on head ridiculous. You know, I, I was—I remember watching Attack on Titan in high school and going like, you know what, the only thing this is missing is I wish pants. the titans had pants, yeah. Well, it is it's a little so unsettling. <laughs> so distracting to see them, see them without pants. I mean, come on. <laughs> Public morals are in decay. <laughs> yes. I, I can't decide if it's funnier to call it Pants on Titan or Attack on Pants. I, I, I like Attack on Pants. So I'm looking at the, the, the picture of the manga with the pants, and it yeah. just looks so weird. <laughs> like, a, like a giant like lumberjack dudes, right? Yeah. Um, well, it, it, be, it sort of begs the question, which is, you know, like, how do they have pants? <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like when Hulk when Hulk goes goes Hulk, you know he's. Are, well, here's the thing: Are they like? Do they look like they just got they just picked up picked them up from Coles, or or is it is it like kind of like Hulk out? Like you know, you see some rips around the the cuffing. Because you know, uh, right? 
I, it, I, I, I don't want to venture into spoiler territory, but I, I think it could... Well, no, no pants can stretch like that. Not even ones with a really good elastic. Damn. <laughs> well, it's like the first thing when you turn into a Titan, like you, you, you got to find some pants, right? You know, you just... Hmm. So apparently um, the the censorship thing is one specific publisher too. So oh, of course it is. Yeah. <sighs> um, but there's, there's that weird thing, you know, like um, Malaysian laws on media, uh-huh. right? They have pretty strict regulations apparently about nudity and sex, which is not that surprising because it's Malaysian. Right. Don't a lot of games get banned there? Like the first yes. country yeah. to ban a game, I always feel like it's Malaysia. It's yeah, one they of ban them. Yeah, things a lot. Yeah. Um, the the funny thing is though, like, of all the things that could possibly happen to a series, I feel like pants getting drawn on things that don't have bits to cover in the first place is, you know, it, like I'd take that any day over what happened to like Robotech. Oh God. Well, I thought you were going to take it another direction. You're going to say, like, oh, I don't think that they, they read far enough into Attack on Titan that the pants are all they're worried about. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, because I haven't read that far into Attack on Titan. <laughs> that might not be the only thing that's getting censored in Malaysia. Probably not. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to wrap up. We're kind of, yeah, we're, get, we're getting to the end of uh, this episode. And so for our final sort of free response uh, section, uh, today's question is, what is a favorite anime villain of yours? And so I'm going to go and ask all you guys about your favorite anime villains. And I guess it's everyone here has seen so much anime that I feel like inevitably we're going to be like, oh, wait, I should have said that person, you know, like three weeks from now or something. Um, so it's, it's, it's sort of off the top of our heads. I told us in preparation so that people had a little bit of time to try to think about it but um maybe uh we'll see if you got a good answer in the limited amount of time you had so i'll toss this question eeny meeny miny i'm gonna go to gugsy first gugsy what's your favorite anime villain uh okay so um i had a <laughs> tough time with this question because I, I was looking at the list of anime that i've like rated highly and stuff and I found that a lot of the anime that I I do like don't really necessarily have like villains per se. Like like I guess my first answer was going to be like Legend of the of the Galactic Hero, but what's the villain there is like I don't know politics or greed. It's not it's not really not really like a villain that I can like speak out to. And then another problem I had was like oh what about like things like Code Geass or Death Note where like the protagonist is the villain. Like ah uh, well mm, I can't really do anything there so i guess well i guess my favorite anime villain would probably be uh in anime from the new world but the problem with that is that Mm. you can't really talk about the villain in from the new world because it's just major spoilers (laughs) yeah so i i i have a i have a different answer but that that would be probably the one if we could talk about it in, in spoilers I Which almost went to. for that one. I almost went for that one too, and decided against it for the exact same reason. That's yeah. really good, guys. So, <laughs> I guess my my real answer that we can discuss is probably uh, kind of an underwatched one. I, have any of you guys seen Gungrave? No, no, probably not. 
Well, all right. Well, it's it's basically like these two best friends uh, join the mafia, yada yada yada. You can imagine what happens from there. But yeah, it's that one is just really well done. And, yeah. And the and the villain is really memorable. Yeah. So I and it's the the problem. A, a lot of people have trouble with Gungrave because the first episode is kind. It starts uh, kind of like towards the end of the actual show, so people get confused. But then episode two is like flashback from, to the very beginning, and then it goes from there. It goes like you're probably wondering how I got here. We, yeah, it's and like episode <laughs> it's, one is it's your it's, standard in medias res start. That's me. That's right. me. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of just like oh, what the what the fuck are you watching? And then it goes back to like the real story. So yeah, that would be that one. I would I would recommend people pick up on. It's a good mafia story. Okay, and it goes it goes from there. Gungrave, hmm. you said. Gungrave, yeah. When did it come out? Um, it's uh, oh, the I have times. it up on in the before times, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, it was it, it was sometime before twenty twenty. Yes. <laughs> before All right. What about um? What about you, Dill? What did you pick? Uh, I picked Viral from uh, Gurren Lagann. Oh yeah. Ooh. Um, I think he is a very interesting villain because. Uh, I think he was a villain because like a whole thing with like the beast men and that, I know this is kind of spoiler territory, but I mean, if you haven't watched Gurren Lagann by now, I mean, eh. um, <laughs> like I, the whole thing with the beast men, right. Is that they're, they're like basically formed to be like humans, but he doesn't realize that in the entire time. He's just like, Oh, I hate humans, this and that. And then the more he fights with them and he hangs out with them, he realizes that, you know, okay, I have a lot of the same desires that humans have. Like for family and for friendship, that kind of stuff. All the all the cliches that make my four uh, brain cells and my small kuma bear, bear brain uh, happy. Mm. Um, but I really liked his arc because you know he was you know even with this theme song, everybody remembers with that uh, awesome soundtrack and a really mm-hmm. cool bad guy theme song. But then he uh, ended up becoming a really cool uh, kind of like very important secondary character. Yeah. It's weird. I haven't. Okay, I know you're making the joke. But I actually haven't seen Gurren Lagann, um, but I don't care about spoilers because I don't know. Maybe It'll I'll watch your it one life, day. Proton. All right, all right, Gugs. <sighs> I, I I stand by. I stand by it being like, like just the epitome of you're either gonna love it or hate it. There's nobody yeah. who's just like, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's also a big cultural touchstone, so I feel like everyone feels the the need to have a strong opinion about it too. <laughs> yeah, probably because a YouTuber told them to, yeah. or because they they saw a Yoko cosplayer. Don't say that. <laughs> all right, all right, right, Zeno. What's your pick? Well, so there's there's something I have to come clean on. What oh, no. Gugsy doesn't know is that his uh, life okay. is an anime, and I'm the villain. Oh, I'm sorry to no. break it to you like this, Gugs. Oh my god! Wait, does that mean your favorite villain is yourself? Yourself? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, but for serious, um, I had a, I had real trouble picking a villain. I did not have any trouble whatsoever picking which series the villain was from because, like, my top probably eight or ten villains are from the same series. Can I guess? I, I, I'm guessing it's either Nanoha or Symphogear. It's ding, Symphogear. ding, ding. It is Symphogear. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is... The, the funny thing about Symphogear is that all of the villains 
end up joining the good guys, some of them posthumously, except for one. There's exactly one person that doesn't get redeemed, and he can go take a long walk off a short pier. I never cared about him anyway. Mm. Um, like, most of the... If there's a villain in the first episode of the show, they're joining the group. Like, if they're obviously evil from the start, they're, they're coming around. Okay. If they're... Yep. If they're the villain later on, they'll either get redeemed later, even later than that, or they'll get redeemed after they're dead, and we find out why they were doing what they were doing. <laughs> so, which one's your favorite, though, out of all of them? Probably Fine. Hmm. And okay. my reason for it is going to to make you laugh at me because it is completely base. Uh-huh. It, she's voiced by Miyuki Sawashiro. Oh, oh gosh. yeah! Oh wow! I can't do yeah. anything about that. The decision was made for me. Yeah, I was I was all about ready to make fun of you, and you just slammed that right in my face. Like I I what, I would what, completely what agree. Over? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> she has, she has a job. she has a rant in the worst and simultaneously sexiest terrible English I've ever heard. Mm. Oh gosh. English. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I can't say that that was unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I know you're like, okay, I think I've got one. It's the, it's, it's, it's obvious. All of you guys will figure it out. I think that everyone was immediately like, okay, it's simple gear. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking like, um, so obviously I didn't, I ended up not choosing from the new world, um, for the but same what, reasons as Gugsy. But what a villain and, though. The, the oh, reveal yeah. of who the, it's, oh my, it's yeah. such an amazing. It's so movie. good. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then there was a part of me that wanted to like, I was thinking of like sometimes in those sort of cerebral, like romantic, I said cerebral is maybe not the right word, but things like, like my teen romantic comedy snafu, like bunny girl senpai, like those sort of things were like the enemy is like yourself sort of thing. Um, but then I was like, ah, oh, that feels like a cop out though. So I'm not going to yeah. go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was torn. I think that like my overall favorite, like villains, if we're talking plural is I like, I like the villains a lot in, in ReZero, I think are really interesting, but it's less because mm-hmm. of how much I love the characters. Cause I think the characters are good, but it's more, but I feel like that's more of like the, it's because I like the overall series more than anything. So the singular villain that I want to go with is um, Isabella from the promised Neverland. Um, And I just, I really thought that, and I'll I'll avoid spoilers here, but the, the end of the, the first season, the way that everything is wrapped up and you come to like understand um, who Isabella is, is made it, it was very interesting. And particularly I liked her when I read the manga, but what I really liked in the anime is that, there's a song that she sings and it in the, in the manga, right. There's no, there's no audio. So it's just like la di da di da, you know, like it doesn't have really necessarily any meaning, but in the, in the anime, they turn it into like an actual song and they have it playing like throughout the anime. And then it's like, you realize, and then it's like, you realize it's like her song and then you get like the background for it. And I just thought it was really well done. So she's probably my favorite villain, at least off the top of my head. Great choice. Mm-hmm. Now I heard, I heard uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll stay away from spoilers, but, you know, I heard the anime likes to try to do a little bit more than the, the manga's doing with her. Um, with I'm her? Curious about that. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, that they're moving the pieces a little bit differently. Well, oh, uh, from what so I've what... heard, season two is completely departing from the story yeah. in the first place. I think, so Isabella as a villain is really like, the big moment, the big time where she's like the main big bad is kind of like that first arc. Um, And so, and that, that ends at the end of the first season. So I haven't seen the second season, but uh, my understanding is basically what they've done is they cut out the second major arc, like completely got rid of it, got rid of all the characters that were original to that arc. Um, And now they're doing like a modified version of the third arc, uh, Hmm. which is upsetting for a lot of people, mostly because like the the third arc in the manga is a little bit less beloved than the second one. So uh, there's some disappointment there. And I haven't seen the anime, so I can't say one way or the other. Um, but my understanding too is that more than anything, the way that they're attempting to do it is just not very interesting. So some people are falling off from it, which is too bad because I think the first season's adaptation was really good. Um, but I haven't seen the second season, so I can't say for certain how good slash bad it actually is. Right. Sorry to put you on the spot like that. No, no, you're good. Um, but we do need this is the we gotta wrap up this episode. So thank you everyone for listening today. This has been episode three of our 2021 season six of the anime anite podcast. Uh, I was joined today by Wright Zeno, Dill, and Gugsy. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh give us, I don't know, give us a good rating on whatever service you're listening to. If you like our content, definitely check out the Medium blog for Anite and read our actual articles. I feel like we're a lot more well, well, um, are much more articulate in our actual articles than when I try to say things on the spot. Um, and of course, we are also on Twitter. So give us a like, maybe follow us on Twitter. Anite uh, official. And, yeah. And so this has been the the episode three of season six of the Ante podcast. We will see you guys in another couple of weeks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>